Hello, and welcome to episode 216 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page of one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Adam Gagnon and Michael Virgilio, creators of Social Studies. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Adam, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, how about if you could start us off with a quick bio about yourself? Sure. Um, well, first, thanks for having us. An awesome job on the pronunciation of my last name. No one ever gets it. Um, <laughs> Uh, by trade, I'm a web designer. I always wanted to do something creative, and that sometimes is. Uh, try to keep busy with a lot of other things. You know, I flip houses and work out and train martial arts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the comic has been in our minds at least since like 1999 when Mike and I first met. So that's kind of our primary creative outlet. And I can't speak for Mike, but I know for me, since we started doing it, everything else kind of feels easier very nice and mike how about a, a quick bio about yourself yeah um again just like adam said thanks for having us on uh been drawn ever since i can remember kind of started getting a little bit more noticed about my abilities in about second grade um currently i'm actually a member of a full-time swat team in seattle um and this stuff is something i do on the side for fun and adam and i have been doing it for years and we just it's our way of staying friends and it's our way of uh, telling some goofy stories that we, we experienced or just kind of came up with over the years. And hopefully everybody can kind of get a kick out of it as much as we do. Very cool. And Adam, how about if you could give us sort of the elevator pitch of, of social studies? Yeah, we've been working on that uh, for a while. Um, kind of what we have it boiled down to is social studies is a slice of life comedy comic it's about what we feel is kind of the universal American high school experience, even though it's largely based on us. And it's all done through the twisted prism of the 90s cartoons that we grew up on and really shaped and influenced everything that we're into. Very nice. Uh, Noah, do you, do you have a question for the guys? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, we sort of talked about it off mic, but there is sort of a, there is a cool moment in the first issue where, uh, two characters meet in a class they sit next to each other and one's drawing pictures of starcraft in his notebook and the other guy turns to him and asks do you like starcraft and that is and that that's the origin of your guys's story too correct yeah that was taken exactly as it went down same class same seating arrangement everything like we went right true to life for that that's great. And I guess I have a question for Mike about the design of, and I'm, I'm really sorry, I forgot his name, but the character who is drawing it in his notebook. Yeah. Turner. Um, yeah. So he has one eye that's always like, that's sort of blacked <laughs> out, I guess, in a way. So what's, what, what was the design? Um, what, what, what inspired that design choice? So it's, it's a weird story. It's kind of a long story. I'll try and chop it down as fast as I can. When I was younger, I used to draw a bunch of these characters that we came up with, uh, just me and my siblings and all that. And one of the characters was based off those old 90s posters, which were just the, the what mood are you today? And they had all the different happy faces. And uh, he was just a generic kind of happy faced dude. But I couldn't really quite show what he was looking at. So I added the pupil in there. And then I came up with a character that was essentially his cousin. And I was like, well, how do I distinguish the two from apart? So I made one of his eyes white and the other one gray and just to call them Turner. And I wish I had a more reasonable explanation for that, but that's about it. 
it's and iconic it sixth grade or so yeah so just one of those ideas that pops in your head as a kid and for some reason it's stuck over the years so just went with that's it. really cool that's mm-hmm. really cool and I, and I kind of now seeing seeing you there is some design that would you say there's some of you and turner as well yeah, I, if you ask Adam too, we'll we'll tell you the, a lot of the personalities of the characters are kind of amalgamations of all of our personalities. Me and him, and my brothers, sisters, friends, everybody growing up. So you'll see a lot of personalities in them that reflect us and some of the people we knew growing up as well. That's very cool. So you know, we talked about the story of the two guys that are sort of. Uh, you know, placeholders for you guys coming in and meeting and you, you have a statement in the front of that of the comic that says, you know, this comic is a, you know, a collection of people um, and stuff like that. So are the, the, the other characters that we see, is there anybody that is like mostly one of, you know, these people, like you mentioned your brother, um, but are they all sort of amalgamations of, of, you know, friends that, you know, is there anybody that's like most, like one of these these characters i think uh roy he's kind of he's got kind of the angry guy attitude and he was a little bit he's a little bit more focused on my older brother was my older brother was only a year older than me so he and i have been friends our whole life and like we shared friends our whole life so we we you know we hung out the same time the same people but um he definitely had a bit more of a temper than I did growing up. So that's kind of more what fits into Roy's personality. And he's a little bit designed more after him. And has, I like Roy. Has, has, has Roy read the, has Roy read the, the comic? Uh, not yet. Actually, that's <laughs> he's read the first couple. I sent them to him. Uh, the, the other characters, we tried not to do like one-to-one ratios so, like, um, just as an example, like, Turner is really goofy and carefree, and he's intelligent but doesn't care enough to try. And that's kind of who Mike and I wished we were at 14, 15, 16. And then there's Len, who's really insecure and not sure who he is and trying to figure it all out. And that's kind of more who Mike and I really were, were at 14, 15, 16. And then you have Wesley, who's just this total lunatic off the wall. So that's kind of like our silly side extracted out into that. So... That's kind of how we tried to do it instead of more like, oh, this person's that guy, this character's that guy. But Roy is pretty close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like how you made him sort of the, the older brother to all the characters in a way. Um, and I love the end of the, uh, I'm not to spoil anything, but there's like a great moment at the end of issue two where everybody's looking for him to come and sort something out. And it's sort of a great little like dash. Uh, it's sort of, he's not like the problem solver, but like sort of everyone stays grounded when he's around, which I thought was a really cool, uh, that's sort of a cool character to have. And I think that leads into me in my next question, because like, I like how um, specifically in issue two, there's sort of this nice, like almost like ticking clock or sort of like, we sort of know where it's going with the sort of homecoming dance. And I sort of wonder about with you guys, like when you're planning out the stories, do you sort of have like, special moments that you plan the issues around you know sort of like homecoming um the next one of course is about like a mural being painted uh did you guys sort of like do you guys sort of plan those out ahead of time or does that like issue by issue you sort of come up with like what are we going to cover in this issue you want to take we actually have sorry what no, I was going to say, you'd probably be able to take that one better. Okay. We actually keep this like living document, like a Google on a Google shared document. 
and we'll just call each other randomly. Like, you know, we could be out for a run or walk of the dog or anything and be like, Hey, remember when uh, Nick painted that mural and he got in a ton of trouble at school? Oh, that'd be a great issue. Okay. That can be the A story. All right. Now we need the other characters to do something. What's the B story. So we'll just kind of plug in A and B everywhere and then we'll shuffle it around where it makes sense. Um, you probably didn't pick up with just reading a few, but we're also going by season. So like chapter one is fall where you just start school. Then chapter two is winter. Chapter three will be summer or spring. And then, you know, summer after that. Um, so we're also kind of going in line with what would be happening. Like chapter one ends with a huge Halloween issue. So we're trying to hit those like big moments of your teenage years as it's going on. And uh, that kind of helps us sort out the outline also. So when you guys, you know, remember an event or you go and you reference that Google doc and you go, okay, you know, this was, this was a really cool event or this would make a really good story beat. Do you guys ever, you know, a couple of years later, remember the events differently and sort of have to hash them out and go, no, that's not exactly what happened. And, and this is what happens. Like, are there any sort of, you know, as time passes, do you remember things differently? Uh, I think a lot of the stuff we probably don't remember verbatim or exactly how it happened, but we don't, we don't necessarily tell that exact story. We just use that as a basis to come up with a situation and then we can add humor and other stuff to it. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that anything on there. And, and the funny thing is a lot of the stuff in there, it actually occurred and some stuff didn't. And what we wanted to do is kind of leave it up to the reader to read it and say, well, that seems a little over the top. I doubt that happened. And you'd be surprised how many things in there actually really did occur in our lives. <laughs> and the, the mundane stuff is the stuff we had to add in there as a filler because we're like, well, we can't make it all crazy. But um, <laughs> we kind of leave it up to the reader to figure that out. And then some of the stuff is is based on actual events that we experienced. So Very cool. that's so cool. So um, I guess I wanted to talk in about a little bit Unless Matt, did you have any more questions about like story stuff really quick? Cause I wanted to jump over to process. Yeah, no, my, my next question is going to be process related as well. Okay. So let's, let's go with your train of I'll thought. I'll ask, I'll ask Mike about art and then you ask uh, Adam about writing. I think that um, works. So yeah. So Mike, how, how do you, um, what do you use for the artwork? Are, are you all digital or um, what now, do you use? Now we, I'm all digital. Uh, originally I think the first two, at least, to maybe the first three episodes that we drew. Um, I had started doing it by hand with pencil on bristle board and then scanning it onto, well, actually, let me back up before we, I inked it by hand, although the point where um, we had all three episodes inked with Indian ink on bristle board and it just didn't look clean. Um, I'm not, because again, at that point, wasn't hundred percent super serious about getting to the point we're at now. So we were just kind of doing it for fun. Um, and then we just were like, well, we can clean this up a bit. So we put, I scanned those into um, Photoshop and started going over the same ink lines with digital pen. Uh, and generally speaking, I think the first three episodes, I, if you count the penciling and the inking and the re-inking and the, the touch-ups, I think we illustrated each episode about four times over, just trying to get to that final portion. Um, and originally too, we were going to keep it black and white. Uh, and Adam started messing around with some classes on color theory and he took over the coloring portion and just did an awesome job with it. So we're, I'm super happy that he decided to go with that because 
I think it truly brings a whole new depth to it and the whole, it brings it to life a little bit more. So um, I was happy he went that route. Yeah, definitely the colors and the line art sort of capture that. Like you guys sort of mentioned, sort of like the 90s cartoons. Right. Sort of, it feels like a, like a Mike Judge kind of like, you know, Beavis and Butthead or, yeah. or, or something like that. And that's a compliment. Like it feels like. It no, feels I, I take it as a compliment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, are you using like a stylus or how, how um, are, do you have like a Wacom tablet or something? You know, weirdly enough, all, I'm doing it entirely on a surface with the pen that came with it. Nice. Um, nothing fancy, just running Photoshop right off the surface. Great. That's awesome. Yep. So go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say going digital also helped a lot because Mike and I are on opposite sides of the country. So the scans weren't really working. And then we were thinking like, well, do you draw an ink a full issue, then mail me the pages physically, and then I'll color them. But I was also brand new to any kind of comic coloring. Um, like I learned it just for this project. So I'm like, if I mess up a page, you got to redo it and remail. Like it just the, logistically made no sense to us. Yeah. So Adam, uh, it seems like we found a lot of people and that that are writers and there seems to be two ways of going about writing there's either the full script method or the other marvel method um so how are you writing these um and i guess maybe the question would be uh with you guys being so close and experiencing some of these things if you are doing the marvel method um does does that help and if uh, you're not familiar with the marvel method it's just sort of a really general outline and like turning it over to, to the writer um, or as opposed to be like page one, six panels, panel one, this happens, panel two, this happens. So what's, what's your process like? This might even be a, a third method that you haven't come across yet in comics. I took a bunch of screenwriting classes just for my own curiosity. I had a super boring desk job with a ton of downtime. So I was always taking classes on things and it wasn't even with this comic or anything with our comic in mind. And then I was writing things on my own, doing things on the side. And I said, I'm going to write a TV episode with our characters and send it to Mike and see what he thinks about it. And when I did, he was like, oh, wow, this is like legit. This is real. The story tracks, you know, it has pacing and all that stuff. And uh, I never really learned how to write a comic script, even the Marvel method. So I write full 22 to 25 page TV scripts with the scene headings, the descriptions, everything, then send it over to Mike and he breaks it down into the panels and lets it play out in his head. And uh, if you follow it with that in mind, I think they kind of read like storyboards. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But that's really cool on uh, to see like both of you guys, your instincts with story then come out. And it's cool to see how you guys work. Like that, that, that synchronicity is really cool. So, so Mike, are, are you someone who's like read a lot of comics or like what, where does your sort of foundation in, in like storytelling come from? Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't generally read a lot of the traditional uh, like superhero comics, but I grew up mostly on dark horse stuff. So aliens, predator, all that kind of thing. Um, I was huge into that. And the interesting thing is like, it's, I don't really model any of my comics after those types of that artwork or those stories. So it's, it, Adam makes it very easy with his scripts to look at a page and then figure out what's going to go in each panel. Um, that's why I think it works so well. 
because the way he writes it, the way he has it written almost like a storyboard, it, it, it just translates to the paper very easily. So um, for me, again, like we talked about earlier, the 90s style Nicktoons and things like that, that's where I get a lot of the inspiration for the line work and the, uh, and the character designs. But uh, I would actually argue the characters come more from that stuff than they do actual comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to find new things to read, especially nowadays. So um, I'm open to anything. So with, with screenwriting, um, you know, it's often said that like, you know, we experience time the, the, the same, like a minute of, of screen time is, is the same for everybody, but you can read a comic book at, at your own pace. And the other thing that comic books have that like, you know, other mediums don't have is, is the page turn. And um, so Mike, are you determining where like you think a page ends and you flip and like, with this being sort of like a slice of life comic there's not like i mean you guys certainly could do it and i don't know if you've done it beyond because i've only read the first issue but you know if you read like a superhero comic there's sort of like the page turn and and, you know batman punches a dude in the neck and it's it's a full page like are you sort of taking that into account or is it just sort of like this is sort of a story beat this is a page like how are you handling that I try to in certain situations for like that dramatic effect, like you're talking about, you know, where Batman might be cocking his hand back in the bottom right panel of the of page three. And in the next scene, he's clocking somebody. Right. And it's a yeah. half page or a full page. There are some jokes and some situations where I'm, I try my best to set it up with the page layout. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And I, I don't, I don't lose sleep over it. If you know, a transition to a new scene happens on the same page or in the last panel of a page or something like that. Um, because I think generally it does nothing that's so dramatic that's going to happen that we, you know, if, if, it, if you're waiting to turn the page literally in suspense that you're like, Oh, okay. That's what, you know, that's where it's going. Uh, there's nothing like that that I think loses its effect just by maybe it's panel placement, but um, but yeah, there are some situations that I have tried to, I'll read it out. I'll look, I'll think to myself, where, how can I get it so that this joke ends or starts right here? And then the punchline is essentially that next page. So mm-hmm. I try to, and it, you'll see that more in later episodes as we started to get the feel for it. Um, but it's definitely something I've tried to do. Yeah. And, and what about uh, lettering for, for this book? Who, do, did you guys bring in a letter or one of you two guys handling that? I do that too. Uh, mostly just out of necessity. I know there's a whole art to it and I read a bunch of tutorials. I watched a bunch of videos and I try to keep the standard rules in mind. Um, sometimes we kind of bend those rules or we use slightly different shape bubbles just to get it to fit because mm-hmm. we have a huge ensemble cast and we have the most fun when there's all six of them all yelling at each other. And maybe two of them aren't even having the same conversation, but they think there are. So we have like panels that are crammed with word balloons, but I don't want to step on the art. So we, um, we kind of use more ovals or like rounded rectangles than bubbles sometimes, but we feel like it all kind of fits the style of the comic anyway. So we allow ourselves to bend the rules without it being unreadable. Yeah, that was one thing I was really impressed with while I was reading all three issues was how many characters you guys cram into each panel. And I'm, I'm illustrating a book right now with a lot of panels like that as well. And I'm wondering, 
Mike, do you think about that? Like, uh, like, uh, like how, like to make it look interesting when you have like all those characters in one panel? Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest issues I ran into uh, in the first few episodes was leaving enough space for the speech bubbles. Yeah. Um, Cause generally I would draw out a panel, have everything that's that I needed in there visually. And then when Adam would go to bubble, he'd be like, man, we, we can't fit this in here. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like we may have to make the font smaller. So now um, I don't necessarily, I don't add the speech bubbles verbatim, but I'll draw in when I'm, when I'm penciling it, I'll draw in a big speech bubble just to make sure I'm leaving enough room in that panel so that they can get the conversation and show the characters in there as well, doing whatever they're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. And Adam, when you're doing that lettering, um, you know, that that's sort of the last stage of, of comic book production. Um, do you ever get in there and, and change what's there or say, hey, you know, I, I might be able to drop a balloon out here because I'm describing something that's happening in the action. Is, are there changes being made at that point uh, when you see because you know you've written this out as a as a document or, or as a, as a screenplay script, but now you're seeing you know characters on panel with the word balloons. Are are you making changes at that point as well? Always. <laughs> when when I'm doing the lettering, if it's just changing, you know, sometimes we'll like drop off the first word of a sentence so it sounds more like regular speak because these 14 year olds are not going to be speaking in long winded proper sentences. They're just kind of like you know yelling at each other and frantic. Uh, so things like that, I don't really run by Mike. If it's changing a joke, like, hey, I was lettering this. What do you think about that? And I'll send him a screenshot of just, you know, those panels that are necessary. Um, we do that a lot. But then we'll also, when I have it lettered, it's not done. Then I send it to Mike. We get on a phone call. We both read it panel by panel together. We clean things up. We change things out. We, oh, you know, it feels like we made a similar joke three pages over. Let's think of something else to put here. And it's there's probably like three drafts between lettering it and it being done. <laughs> we're, we're always revising. Oh, yeah. And on cool. that, on that read that, that sort of read through um, where you guys are on the phone. Um, do you guys like, hit, like say like if there's a, a panel where it's two people talking, you know, two of your characters, or I know that some of your panels, you have, you know, multiple characters, but let's say there's a panel, it's two guys um, do one of you like handle one of the balloons and then one of you handle like the, the other balloon. So it's more of like a, a conversation or is it Adam, you're, you're reading it fully and Mike, you're reading it fully or, or, or maybe a combination of the two. I think it's more a combination. We, we generally will just have one of us read through it. And then if the other guy has a suggestion or, or wants to change something, He'll say, hey, hold on, you know, what do you think about putting this in there? Uh, but we don't read it like a script, like I'll be Roy and he'll be Turner and we'll mm -hmm. talk back and forth. It's more just as if he's narrating it for me. And then if I have an idea or vice versa, he'll, we'll pitch it to each other and see how that reads a little bit. If it's better, if it changes too much or if it's, uh, if it just doesn't sound right at all. So awesome. I know. I know at the, the end of issue one, there's sort of some back material that shows sort of like a, a notebook sketch on like a line paper. Was that the, was that one of the first drawings that you guys sort of when, Adam, when you were leaning over and, and, and looking at the desk? Yeah, uh, since we met in uh, 1999, I mean, Mike had been drawing years before, even some of these characters, we just kind of repurposed into this uh, and came up with some new ones since we've known each other. 
but we would just draw in our notebooks and then pass them to each other between classes. Like we'd make little mini comics basically just for our group of friends. And they were never like scripted out or planned. We just drew them with Bic pen and whatever notebook we had as we went. And then other friends started to get on it and everyone was trying to do their version of Mike's style. And I somehow got my hands on and kept, it's gotta be a hundred composition notebooks. Oh yeah. And uh, more recently I've been going through and scanning or taking digital copies of them and then like throwing away the actual earth science notes, but keeping all the original drawings. Mm -hmm. So I have a whole closet here full of stuff. And we do try to pay homage to the composition notebook as well, because that was for some reason, that was just our medium of choice. <laughs> we could have easily used a sketchbook with clean white sheets, but we decided to do everything with pen on a lined composition notebook and that's the way it was for years for some reason but um, the wider college ruled well i think it was college college ruled, ruled yeah Ooh, tight yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> i i think that's the uh the universal practice of of bored school kids across yeah. the world is to uh to doodle in the margins or even on the on the line part of the uh of yeah. the paper I think I could just fit more composition books in my backpack versus sketchbooks, so maybe that's what it was. That's true. When I when I would do when I, I would I used to be able to carry around a comp notebook a lot easier than the sketchbooks that you get at like Walmart or something like that. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, just dumb. Yeah. yeah. Less weight, more books. <laughs> so um, yeah. So you know, there's this this history here of all of the these sketches and these composition books, but you, you guys make the decision to to do this, um, and I know the the process has changed over time. There was you know drawing on, on Bristol board and, and scanning and stuff like that. But what was it like the first time for um, for Adam when you know Mike turned that that first sort of serious page over to you to um, to, to to see what you guys were, were doing? So it's, I mean it's I would have to assume it was. Well, not have to assume, but it's sort of a bit of a, a step up from, you know, you know, scribbling in the in the notebook to to making the commitment to putting it on eleven by seventeen board. Uh, what was that like? Um, it, it's really surreal, and even now that we've been doing it for a while, because it was something we always played with, and we always said, "Oh, one day we're going to do comics. One day we're going to get this animated. One day." But we were kids, you know. We we were serious at the time, but we never made real steps to make it happen. So after I wrote the first script, I said, hey, do you want to do this thing for real? Like, but if we're going to do it, we're all in. And there was no hesitation. Instantly, Mike was like, yes, I'm in. Let's do it. We revised that first script a little bit. And then he got to drawing. And when he sent the first, I don't think you even sent the pencils of the first page. I think you waited till it was inked. And you said, how about this? And it was this one of these weird things where Mike throughout the years, every time he'd send me a drawing, say every few months, because he wasn't like actively doing these characters all the time. I'd be like, wow, you got even better. I didn't think it was possible. And that happened again with this. And then it just it felt it felt real already then, even though it was one page inked and sent through a cell phone picture. But it just was like really validating for all the years of talking that we did. Nice. And you guys are on separate uh, sides of the country. So is there ever like a point where, where Adam, you are sort of trading off notes? Um, you know, it becomes evening for you. You go to bed and you wake up to sort of the surprise of a, of a finished page that the, the stuff that you guys had talked about the, the night before the night before for you. Yeah. And that's also something that's awesome because we try to stay ahead because I'm so paranoid about 
if we start to get a readership, we can't have an issue come out and then another one the next month, but then two months off and then an issue and then three months off an issue and then one month, you know, I want to be really consistent and I'm probably, probably a pain in the ass about that. <laughs> um, Not at all. I need you to keep going. <laughs> so we're like, we are revising the one right before it comes out because before we send it out to be printed, we always go over it again, just, you know, final touch-ups. I'm writing the next one that we're working on in the series, which is the one after the one that Mike is inking. And I'm usually coloring the one as Mike inks it. Cause he'll send like five pages. So I'll start coloring, but I'm also, we're always working on like three different ones, but it's still like a kid on Christmas. Every time I wake up, there's a message on my phone. Hey, I put some stuff on a share drive, check it out. And it's like, like I have a hard time not just looking at all of them, but I try to leave myself a surprise. I would actually argue that I get the same effect once he's done coloring a page too. Cause again, I never really was much into coloring everything growing up. I was really just the pencil to paper, ink to paper, but never really strong on the coloring portion. So when Adam sends me finished pages, especially one that's, that's not necessarily just a, they're outside, it's sun shining. It's something he, snow effects, uh, shadow effects, especially night effects. Now when he sends a page that he did and, and just, killed it I'll, I'll sit there staring at it for 20 minutes just like holy crap we made this like this is so cool like i can't believe adam destroyed this so well but uh, i it, just like you said sometimes i'll wake up to it because he's three hours ahead and i'll have two pages that are done sent over on the messenger and i'm just it's saved in my phone and i sit there at work staring at it for 20 minutes at a time Man, your guys' relationship is so cool. Like, I'm, I'm tearing up here. Like, it's like, it's like, it's such a cool, like, comics, like, story that you guys have. But um, I'm, I'm interested, like, Mike, did you, have you, like, like, with, with, I guess for both of you guys, like, when do you guys work on your stuff? Like, uh, Adam, like, are you able to, like, you know, like, do you sort of, like, give time for yourself, like, during the day to sit down and write? at the end of your work day and, and, and Mike, are you sort of the same way where you have like a specific time where you're like, this is where we, you know, this is when I work on my comics. Well, I, I work nights right now currently. So seven o'clock at night till about three 30 in the morning. So that's a little bit rough in terms of schedules, but by the time I wake up, Adam's getting close to the end of his day. So I'll just get up, send him a message. Hey, you around? Yeah. I'm not too busy. I'll give him a call. I'll go for a run or he'll be on a walk or I'll be cleaning the house or something. And we'll just sit. We'll, I mean, 21, something about 21 years later, and we'll be on the phone five times a week for an hour and a half, two hours at a time. And there's no, there's no dead air. It's just, all right, what about this? And then what about this? And then this, and sometimes we get off topic and just start talking about nonsense, but you know, generally speaking, we're focused on that and just coming up with ridiculous stuff. And we'll, we'll always remember that one instance that we're like, Hey, you remember when this happened and one of us, I completely forgot that happened. And then we're like, well, that's a story right there. Let's start thinking of what we could do with that. So uh, we'll sit there for another hour and a half coming up with ideas. Nice. So Adam, you're, you know, when you're coloring this book, that's sort of a, a different uh, creative muscle that, that you're using there. You know, the, the, the writing, you, you might have to get into a zone. Um, do you listen to music uh, while you're writing or do you need it to be, do you need it to be quiet? Like what, what's that like for, for writing? Writing, I generally do music. Um, usually when I'm coloring, I'll like have TV on or something because it's 
half passive. Like I'm definitely focused and paying attention, but I'm not creating anything new. I'm enhancing what I have. So with writing, I can't be watching TV. Otherwise I'm just going to be writing what I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. So what I actually do is I'll put on the music that we listen to at that age. Like I'll put on a lot of mighty, mighty boss tones, less than Jake, you know, a lot of punk and ska stuff. Cause that's what we listened to when we used to hang out and you kind of get that sense memory where it puts you in that like late nineties, early two thousands mode. And then I'll just think of some random nonsense. I'll put it in like a note thing in my phone or I'll call Mike and be like, Hey, remember there was that one time where the girl's friend came and told me that she wasn't going to go to the dance with me. And I never talked to her about going to the dance. Like that's a story. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> and it just comes out of nowhere. Cause the music kind of gives you that sense memory. And, and Mike, what about for you? Do, do you have like something going on in the background while you're working on your stuff? Yeah, usually. It's usually like I'll, I'll throw on some mindless television in the background as well. But just kind of like what Adam said, it's, it's the same situation, just nostalgic music or even nostalgic shows, things like that, that bring back the, the memories, bring back the, the styles, things like that. Uh, I love having that on the background, just something to kind of look up every few minutes and just be like, oh, that's cool. And then right back down onto the paper. But yeah. So a lot of times when you're when you're working on a story, you know, you, you can break a story or you can you can get a new aspect for a story when you least expect it, you know, going for a run, you know, mowing the grass and, you know, taking a shower. How do you handle sort of those eureka moments when maybe you're not sitting in front of the the keyboard or, you know, in front of the the surface drawing? Like, are, are you sort of sending a text real quick to, to one of the other guys going, hey, don't forget this and, and stuff like that? Yeah. That's a, it's pretty much exactly what it is. Every once in a while, either I'll wake up to it or Adam will wake up to it. And it's just like all caps message. that's like, dude, I, I figured it out. Listen to this idea. And then, you know, he'll call me the next day and I'm, maybe it was a great idea. And maybe he'll be like, oh yeah, that was sure. That was good. You know, but it's, uh, it's usually, it's usually a excitable text message followed by a follow-up phone call. If we can get a hold of each other, it's not too late. And uh, I, I have one question for, for Mike about regarding the characters, because I know some of these were, you know, before you've had these characters around before Adam and you guys met and, and turned the comic into what it is. But do you get kind of like, um, I don't know, like precious with the characters from time to time, like where you sort of like, like, uh, do you still feel sort of like a creative ownership over them? Or do you feel like fully now it's like yours and Adam's characters? Oh, it's, you know? it's it's me and Adam's characters for sure. Yeah. Um, they i'll tell you a quick funny story is my older brother and don't get me wrong i love my older brother he's my best friend but <laughs> he he's the he's the reason i grew into the uh thick-skinned individual i am today but he uh he used to give me a lot of crap about it he used to make fun of some of the drawings and stuff like that because eh, some of it was cheesy and stuff like so there was a point in time where i had to like hide in my house when i knew he was snooping around to get these drawings done because and i had to hide them in places away where he couldn't find him because otherwise he'd flip me crap for two hours. I was like, well, I can't, I'm going to deal with that right now. But um, so in that sense, had a little bit more of a connection to these characters than, than you'd think. But uh, nowadays there's, there's no, Hey, I came up with these, these are mine. It's, it's, we've been developing their personalities together for so long. And like back then they were just designs and every, and all the characters personalities were all the same. You know, so it was just, I wasn't as creative as a writer as Adam is. So once we got to the point we're at now 
and we've developed their personalities and developed their characteristics, it's, it's just as much his creation as it is mine. That's awesome. And I had the same thing growing up. My brother, older brother would just, you know, kept me grounded. I'll say like with my drawings and everything. Yeah. And now though, it's funny though. Now he's like a huge collector of my artwork. And so oh, yeah. So, like oh, my brother's yeah. super supportive nowadays. It's just, yeah. I don't know why he was such a thing. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think now he's, I think with my brother, he's like, I made you this. I'm joking. Yeah. You, know, like, <laughs> you know, he might actually, my older brother might claim that too. He'd be like, well, yeah, I, I'm the reason you got there. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Adam, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you, you're taking a look at these things before they go to print. So you, you have print copies of these books. Um, when did you guys start working on these and, and when did you guys uh, start printing these books? Uh, we started working on it, like the version that you can read now, like in, in earnest, late 2019. Mm -hmm. um, in November 2019, we decided hey, I need to learn how to color these. And then I think by December, we were coloring the first issue. Um, and we thought we were ready pretty early in 2020, but then we said, let's get the whole first chapter done so that we have all that buffer time to work on chapter two. And then when COVID hit and everything got locked down, it was horrible in a lot of ways, but it also gave me so much time to like get better at the coloring and work on it and for us to talk and break stories like we probably have 40 comics outlined at this point because we had such a huge gap there um i think i went off track of your original question sorry <laughs> no no you actually you you actually covered because i was going to ask you guys you know if this was sort of a, a project that, that had gone into 2020 and was like the the hope was you know like hitting the con circuit um and, and showing you know actually being able to put these you know hard copies in, in the people's hands. And I was going to ask you about sort of the, the situation of 2020 and what we all had to deal with. So uh, is the hope now, um, hopefully as things get back to normal and people get uh, vaccinated to, to hit the con scene and, and try yeah. to hand sell these to, to folks uh, walking the floor? It absolutely is. Uh, we're going to have to figure that out because we're on opposite coasts. Um, I know there's a lot of cons that go on in New England because I'm in upstate New York. And um, I, I'm on a podcast, so Wizard Podcast, with a bunch of other guys that go to cons. So I figured I kind of have some built-in friends there where it wouldn't be so bad for me to go alone or I'll you know, probably drag my wife and she'll be really bored for the weekend. But <laughs> then we're hoping, too, like that I can make it out to Emerald City when we get a little bit bigger and can afford Emerald City because that's Mike's hometown now. Sure. So it'd be, we, we would love to do them all together, but just with the coasts and the jobs, we're going to have to make do how we can. Yeah. Yeah, I dragged my wife to a con and her favorite thing was when she realized that you could leave and go outside and, and get Starbucks and, and come back. And I was like, no, you're, you're not stuck in here. If you want to leave, you can leave and, and come back. She's like, oh, really? See you later. So, yeah, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess like uh, it would be really cool if, uh, you know, if, um, if you guys got like a, a sketch cover or something like that or, or going with the issues or something because it would uh, for me as a collector, I'd love to have like an original book oh, signed sure. by both of you guys and a, a sketch cover or something like that um, with Turner oh, yeah. on it, mostly. That's no what I shortage want. Yeah. of sketches and drawings floating around. I have an entire storage place underneath my stairs in the basement that is essentially ceiling to ground of comics and drawings and all that. So we, we've got plenty of those. Awesome. Very, very cool. So 
you know, at the time of this recording, you know, you guys said that you had some time to build up some issue. How many, how many issues are, are completed at this point? Uh, well, with a lot of the events that happened, uh, there was a lot of interruptions in production, unfortunately, which I guess is good. We had the buffer, but we're finishing up our 10th issue, which is the third one in chapter two. And 11 is already, the script's already written. We've already revised it. And I'm, I might probably even has ideas on, I know at least the first three pages on how they're going to be laid out. So it's, it's always rolling. Nice. So you eventually want to collect these in, in chapters. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it was probably just me being obsessive about how we were presenting it and overly cautious about that. Um, we decided, Hey, let's make each season in the school year, a chapter. And then we looked up what a typical comic trade is, which is six issues. Our first one, seven, because I had this whole stupid convoluted idea that we would do like an issue one and it was be what our issue two actually is. And then our actual issue one was going to be like issue zero because it's so many introductions. And then Mike was very patient and <laughs> at a point was like, why are you making this so complicated? <laughs> one, two, three, four. So that's what we ended up doing. Awesome. So... Also, the eventual plan is to is to go to Kickstarter or, or some crowdfunding uh, platform um, to collect these issues uh, for folks. So, um, you know, I know this is a couple of months uh, off in, in your plans, but it, for anybody who's interested in, in social studies, like what would be the best way to sort of stay up to date on, you know, where you guys are in your development and, and when you sort of do go to crowdfunding? Oh, I, I appreciate that setup because we're we're very bad at marketing. Mm. Um, we we are on all the the major social medias. It's either social studies comic or social studies CB, mm -hmm. and um, I try to post at least every other day. And sometimes it's just like a picture of my computer with the Photoshop open, working on the coloring, and my cats laying on it. Sometimes it's you know panels that we just finished that we really like, uh, but also information like oh hey you know issue six is coming out next week, things like that. Our Kickstarter idea is we want to take the whole chapter and then explain the chapter, put some extra features, put some behind the scenes, kind of like when you'd buy that special edition DVD, because mm -hmm. we still have animation in mind. And we just want to pack it full of extra stuff, put a lot of our historical drawings in the back, you know, like kind of the archive section. And, um, you know, cool ideas like that. We also had some funding goals where we kind of wanted to set up the social studies yearbook where we could be some of the, the backers mixed in with our characters and Mike would draw them in his style. So everyone could kind of feel part of the, the high school experience and all that. If you find us on social media or on our website, socialstudiescomic.com, we have a mailing list and we only send one email a month. We're not blasting you um, just to keep people in the loop. Nice. Right, so we'll put links to, to that in the uh, in the show notes for, for the podcast to make it as easy as possible for folks to check it out. Um, do you do you have any personal um, social media that you want to share? Is it mostly just the, uh, the the comic stuff? For me, it's honestly the comic. I didn't have any social media accounts for like over a year until we put the comic out, and I was like, oh, I got to get back on there to to promote this thing. <laughs> I'm just as bad as anybody else is with the marketing. We're Adam's way better at logistics than I am. So I'm kind of a logistic nightmare, but um, he, he's figured most of this stuff out. Thank God he's around to do that though. Cause <laughs> I'm not sure where we'd be. Very cool. 
And uh, Adam, do you want to talk a little bit about the 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 So Wizards podcast and and what goes on there? Uh, yeah, that's actually a lot of fun. Um, Joey, who's one of the main hosts, used to be in a ska band, Scarmy of Darkness, who were awesome. <laughs> and in high school, like around the time we were drawing these original drawings, I was huge into punk and ska, and I thought I would start putting on concerts. So I'd rent a VFW hall, get local bands to play, and hopefully give them gas money. That was about the best we could hope for. And Joey's band would always come to New York from Massachusetts. They'd always play for free. They never took a dime. And they were the kind of band that, oh, you guys got Scarmy? Well, yeah, we'll play your show. Oh, we want to play with them. Don't even pay us. And it really made it work. And we just kind of stayed in touch, you know, through a love of Star Wars and pop culture and things like that. So when they started the podcast, uh, I'm a web designer in my day job. He asked if I could help him set up a website. So I did. And then it became like, oh, you want to write an article for the site once a week? And then I would guest on the show sometimes. And then um, they kind of handed me over the YouTube channel and I became, you know, kind of the unofficial fourth member or maybe official now. I'm not even sure. Uh, So I do their YouTube and their interviews and still get to guest on the main podcast. And it's this really fun cross promotion thing. And that's all really worked out because now they have this following that they've built over years of never missing an episode and they let Mike and I talk about the comic as much as we want. So <laughs> very nice. So uh, as we close up, I want to check in with Noah to see if he has any uh, final thoughts or uh, any final question for you guys. Um, just thank you guys for coming on, despite I know you both have incredibly busy schedules and I feel incredibly lucky that we got Mike on with his hectic schedule and Adam you're just incredibly generous with your time and and of course with despite all the work that you're doing so thanks for sharing your process Uh, it was really great to get to know you guys and I hope you guys get to come back on to promote the kickstarter for the collected edition and any any other time you guys want to come on yeah Yeah. anytime you, you guys are willing to have us we'll be around yeah, awesome. I was gonna. I was gonna say you guys have an open invite, and especially uh, you know once you know news of that that Kickstarter you know is is, is a little bit more solid. Let's uh, let's touch base again so we, we can we we can talk about that. Absolutely, sure. we we really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, it's just fun to talk comics and talk creating for one thing, but it's also awesome just to have a platform to you know try to get other people other eyes on the book. Oh, one thing I should mention is we are now making our first issue, the digital version a pay what you want. So you can get it totally for free to check it out if you want to. If you want to throw us a few bucks, we appreciate it. But uh, that should be live either tonight or tomorrow morning. I just have to, you know, figure out how to do it. But it'll be done on the website. So the first issue digital for anyone listening is going to be pay what you want, including nothing. Very cool. That's sort of the, I don't know if you're familiar with the panel syndicate stuff that sort of some of the pros do. It's a uh, Brian K. Vaughn. He, he does it. And it's a, it's the pay what you want uh, model. You know, you, you could do 99 cents or if you're an eccentric billionaire and you want to give these guys a billion dollars for, for their comic, <laughs> they'll, they'll take it. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and awesome. also people listening have no excuse now. They can just pick up the book and read it for free. So exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, and and remember, we'll we'll touch base uh, closer to 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 when the Kickstarter gets fir- firmed up. Uh, but I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Compod, 
Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also, please check out Dino Thrashers on Kickstarter. Noah is the artist of that book, and I am co-publishing that book. At the time of this recording, we got about five days left. Uh, that's uh, May 31st, 2021. Uh, so if you could check that out, we really appreciate it. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>